Welcome to the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion of all time. That, of course, being Limitless Wrestling. My name is Josh Nason. On this week's show, we're going to recap last Saturday's The Thrill of It, awesome event from Yarmouth. Awesome crowd. We'll talk all about that and also some new developments, new matches and such for Friday, April 15th. Let's Wrestle returning to Herman, Maine in the Morgan Hill Event Center. We'll talk a little bit about that. And joining me, as always, is the head of the table for Limitless Wrestling and the man who would sell the shit out of a slap from Will Smith. It's Randy Carver. How are we doing, Randy? Oh, I'd be dropping on the floor if I was eating a slap from Will Smith. But yes, uh, I'm doing great, Josh. How are you? Doing good, man. The uh, yeah, the talk of the world is uh, <laughs> everyone. Was it a work? Was it a shoot? You know, all the wrestling parlance uh, going on the on social media talking about the slap. I mean, the whole thing was like completely real. It was just like Will Smith just coming unhinged at a really bad moment. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens from here, right? I was shook. Like I. Uh... I knew the Oscars were going on, but I don't know. I, I was I literally opened Twitter and, and someone I unfortunately I think it was John Alba's tweet that broke the news to me. Oh, it was just bad. like, Wow, Will Smith and Chris Rock and I'm like, Oh, did they do some kind of like fun little thing together on the Oscars? And uh, I refreshed my feed and then it was like, here, check the uncensored Japanese version of the altercation. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, yeah, that was a ride. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I, I, I was in getting ready to go to bed. I usually just do a scan through right before I put my phone down. And then I was just like, the, everything is just blowing up about Will Smith and Chris Rock and like a fight. I'm like, what? And I looked, I was like, holy, sh-. my wife's sleeping next to me. I'm like trying to watch this and listen to it and, and try not to wake her up. But yeah, what a, uh, what a bizarre, what a bizarre night. Yeah. You know, every wrestler kind of thrown in like, oh, that was a, a worked punch and all this stuff. It's like, no, if you hear the slap and yeah, I was like, you know, the uh, JFK's the Pruder film or something like that. Everyone trying to figure everything out. But yeah, what and then the... he won an award later. <laughs> I know, but that's like, <laughs> that's WWE style booking right there, right? Yeah, that was, that was something. Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking what, what, you know, wrestling imitates art. So who is going to try to incorporate this into their, uh, you know, into their shows coming up this week or something like that? But I couldn't really think of like a good segue. I was thinking like, the Slammies, like this year's Slammy Awards, something like that is going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got to have that. Maybe we have to do that with the uh, year-end awards. Yes, Just bring yes. it back in, you know, nine months. Yeah, well, hopefully you don't – hopefully it doesn't mean you want to slap me and vice versa, Randy. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, I can't tell you that now. Oh, we well, actually – play out. We got to let it ride. You mentioned John Alba. He'd be a perfect candidate for us to yes, slap him. You and, I can, you and I can both slap him at the same time. How about that? Now, that would be something. That's, that's yeah. good TV. Somebody else might be slapping, and we'll get to that in a minute as we talk about the flow of it. But of course, before we begin, wherever you're listening, please subscribe, like the video if you're watching this on YouTube, Apple Pods, Spotify, all the good stuff. And Randy, I'm proud to say, again, you made a grown man cry on Saturday. A mention, a plug for the podcast on Saturday night. Good times are back again. Thank you very it, much. It made it into the final cut on IWTV as well. So. Yes. We're covering both bases. Yes. Yes. Now we just got to bulk that up and you know, maybe make it like a 10 or 15 minute long read and description of the podcast or something like that. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, get we'll there. see. So the thrill of it, this was, uh, as I said, a fun show. Uh, as, uh, this was, yeah, crowd was great. Obviously, last uh, Saturday in Yarmouth, Maine. Uh, how'd you do on tickets? Look, looked almost sold out, if not sold out. Yeah. Yeah. It was, we were damn close. We, we came in with only about 37 tickets to sell at the door. And, uh, 
seemed like those were going quick because we had to add uh, a few more chairs on one side and then it seemed like the entire sidewall was standing up. So that's what you love to see. And like you said, dude, awesome crowd. Uh, I, I had a blast just from, uh, from the start of the show to the end of it. And that's not always the case, but uh, the people really led the vibe and it was an amazing atmosphere that night. And we were talking about this beforehand. If uh, you looked at your watch and said, oh, wow, it's 10, 15, 10, 20, the show's done. That wasn't a mistake. It was just the way that things worked out. And I thought it made for a, I say a better experience, but I think the the crowd stayed hot throughout because there was less time to kind of get tired. You know what I mean? And uh, you and I talked to us before, but yeah, this was a, it was a well-timed show. Everything worked. And yeah, it was, like I said, a lot of fun. The crowd, the crowd just made it excellent crowd. You were there. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. It gets tough sometimes when we have like some of these shows is so much to cover and it's like a 1045 ending. You know what I mean? That's a little much for I know we've got, you know, some younger fans and obviously some fans that have to work the next day. So uh, we're definitely trying to make it a priority to have some tighter shows. And I think they present better when you're watching them later and when you're watching them live. So let's go behind the scenes uh, going in. Everything you said, uh, pretty, pretty everything was going great. And then all of a sudden, the power went out. Why don't you tell everybody about what happened on Saturday with that? Christ. Uh, <laughs> Always something. Yeah, it was going too smooth. I'm like, uh, all of our, all the planes are flying. All of our airport connections have made it. Everybody's picked up. Uh, we got the ring set up very quickly. The room was set up very quickly, actually. We were, uh, we were pretty much good to go by, I don't know, 145 area. And then uh, we're all just kind of hanging out, uh, awaiting Jonah to arrive for a seminar. It's probably around 2 p.m. and the power goes out. And, you know, you just kind of sit there for a second and wonder. I'm, I'm from, you know, backwoods, Maine. I know how it goes. Sometimes a tree hits some wind and it knocks into a power line real quick and it'll, you know, jog the power for about five, ten seconds. Then it's going to come right back on. But after sitting in the dark for a minute, I said, okay, this is not just like a, uh, a, a little flickering outage. So uh, I started to head downstairs to check out the bar. I, I don't know. For some reason, thinking that the power situation may be different on a different level. Um, and uh, <laughs> I ran right into the uh, head of the bar downstairs as they were coming up to see if we fucked with anything. So not what you want to see. Um, luckily, I was plugged into the Yarmouth Community Network. Little shout out and plug ski for that Facebook group. The Yarmouth <laughs> Community Network really kept my uh, my spirits alive because I don't know. I'm just thinking like worst case, like, cool. Uh, we've got a sick show almost sold out. And now it's going to be fucking dark. Who knows how long? Again, from the backwoods, I remember uh, an outage in like 2017 show week where I didn't have power for like six days straight. Um, so I'm just thinking the worst. And uh, it turned out to be a pole fire across town. So they had shut off the power to all the surrounding streets to make sure there was no issues. But it ended up only being off like 30 minutes. Um, I called CMP and while I was on the phone with them, I actually got a message. I want to shout out a Limitless fan, Bill, who works for CMP, who gave me the Iggy via a Facebook message that was like, hey, I work for CMP. It says the venue might be out of power right now, but it will be back by 345. And nice. we actually got it back. It was only out for like 30 minutes. We got it back around like 2.30, and then we we're good to go for the rest of the night. But uh, I do remember 
we had a similar issue, not really with the power staying out, but we had a uh, little power surge a few times during uh, one of the closed taping shows. I think maybe the first one that we did, actually. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was a little uh, troublesome for a few minutes, but that was really the only issue of the day. Uh, everything else was smooth sailing ahead of the event. And you had you had mentioned to me that there was some talk about considering could we even move this outside if we needed to <laughs> yeah dude, I, I, <laughs> Crazy. Don't know. yeah. I was just like uh i was thinking of all alternatives in that situation i'm like i don't think uh we could go get enough flashlights to do this you know what i mean inside but um i checked the weather for sure just to see what the night was looking like and it was calling for rain at that time so i said okay uh we're pretty much gonna you know roll with what we have going right now but it turned out okay could have done a gathering of the juggalo style. Just have people bring their own flashlights and shine them at the ring, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that would have had to be what happened. <laughs> if, if the power stayed off, because I wasn't going to chance, you know, it's also cold. It's fucking March still, so yep. I, I wasn't really looking to send people outside. I just, I don't know, just try to think. Uh, I was really banking on maybe the, uh, the AMVETs have, like, a generator that we didn't know about or... Uh, that something could be worked out in that department to at least get some lighting going on in there. But it all worked out. And we had uh, a couple of debuts, as we talked about before. We had uh, Jonah, Mike Bailey, and then also, um, oh, God, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Keith. Got Brian Keith. All three of these guys starting for the first time. Uh, how was your interactions with them? It was great all around. I, uh, I felt an awesome vibe in the locker room that day, and especially with all the new faces that we had in town. I feel like everybody meshed really well with the locker room too, which you don't always see with new people coming to a new region. You know, I think this is, uh, I don't know this for certain, but I can't imagine speedball had ever wrestled in Maine. I know Brian Keith hadn't, but Jonah, I'm unsure of, but, um, no, everybody meshed well with the locker room. It was a really chilled day. Uh, I didn't get to see him much, you know, once the show began, but awesome fits, I think in the limitless locker room and all three guys I'd like to see back at some point. Yeah, good stuff. Good to hear. So let's get right to the car itself. If you have not seen it, it is available now on IWTV. Got up really quickly. Got up on Monday night, so just a couple days after the show. So that is great. New subscribers can obviously use the promo code LIMITLESS if uh, you're not already. If if you have friends that are interested, hey, put them onto it. Try it. Give them a, give them a shout and, and uh, try it out for a month. But yeah, it's already available right now as well as all types of old uh, past limitless shows as well so we kicked off right from the start hot match uh hot crowd they were into this and surprisingly enough because it was the return of john alba yes Ugh. return of jo john alba it's a trio's action the circus ninjas taking on prestigious of course uh prestigious coming out first and john alba addressing the crowd I i'll admit it was hard to hear because of all the booing <laughs> and uh john alba and, and you know justified because john was running down the crowd and and you know giving them shit and all this stuff and Basically saying that everything was good and prestigious, so you know that happened, and then the circus ninjas came out, and this was this was a fun all action affair, uh, great match here. Circus ninjas picking up the victory, of course, and then you know John Alba saying everything was good, everything's not good. There was some uh, some disagreements, some uh, some shoving at the end here. Chang Thomas getting on the microphone, and and you know some of the people were buying into what he was saying, saying he's a you know top talent, he's one of the you know the the up and uh, kind of paraphrasing one of the upcoming stars on the scene right now and he's got it and he's a uh, he's kind of tired of what's going on and he wants a big match next month in april he wants a big match 
and then walked away from the group. I mean, he was giving shit, obviously, to Mac Daniels. We've seen some issues between them, which kind of played into the ending and uh, and the Circus Ninjas picking up the victory. But yeah, he was uh, you know, pissed at BRG, pissed at John Alba. So yeah, you know, we thought John Alba was going to be the glue that kind of put this thing back together. But at the end of the night, Prestigious is more fractured than ever. Yeah, it seemed like everything was going to be fine when John returned. At least that's really what he was banking on and what he thought. But Channing Thomas, for the second straight month, Seemingly very irritated with uh, Mac Daniels in particular, but the entire vibe behind Prestigious right now, because I don't know. I mean, Channing and Mac obviously were on different pages there, and Mac was getting the direction from John Alba. You know, you've got a you've got an open opportunity to whack him with the belt while Channing setting up for the pedestal. Uh, obviously, that can't led to their demise. And then the Circus Ninjas in a wild contest, like you said, this was high energy. Um, and, and what a weekend I want to put over the circus ninjas particularly because they had, uh, an incredibly long weekend. They were in Worcester for wrestling open on Thursday. They drove to Ottawa on Friday for C4 and then all the way to Yarmouth, Maine for Saturday, uh, an insane weekend on the road for those three. And they were still able to manage and pick up a victory here and a really fun way to open this show and prestigious, Obviously, you know, continuously needs to figure things out. I feel like that's been the case since September, but it's it's utterly apparent now with John being back that there is a fracture in prestigious, and we'll see if that can get worked out next month when John Alba can hopefully lock down some kind of high-profile, big-time match for Channing Thomas, who wants to prove himself alone. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> you know, I asked how, uh, you know, Jonah and, and Speedball and Brian were in the back. What was it like to have John back? I mean, who knows? He could have been the guy to cut the power. I suppose that was probably one of your first inclinations. No, John rolled up fashionably late as he always does and literally came in, took one look at the room and went right downstairs to talk to the boys, said hi to no one. Uh, and I'm not surprised anymore. John Alba, it's better when he keeps to himself, honestly, because uh, I feel like every time that he comes through the curtain, I know that I'm going to have to hear him on the microphone in some capacity, even though. I appreciate the limitless faithful trying to put an end to that toilet paper for the shit in the ring. You know, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. They were littered with it. BRG though. Oh, I hate to put him over, but quite a swat. He could have been a uh, nice little cornerback, strong safety. If he had a few inches. Yeah. I forgot to mention at the beginning. Yeah. Instead of the, uh, t- the streamers that we see some fans bring and, and it was toilet paper instead. That's a, that's a first. I've never seen that at a limitless show. Is that a first? There's quite a bit of toilet paper flying in the ring at one point. People were getting drilled, too. It was the, the funniest part of this, and I apologize if you're one of the people who got drilled here, but uh, the toilet paper's coming in from uh, totally different areas than which Prestigious was fucking drilling them into the crowd. They'd come in from the right. They were drilling them to the back wall, and I, I was watching just innocent bystanders getting fucking pummeled with toilet paper coming at them. Well, speaking of people getting pummeled, Next matchup, this was everything that was advertised and then some. And yeah, this is if there's a most violent matches compilation. I was thinking actually this during the match. I think at the at the for the year end awards, if I can uh, perhaps suggest something, a most violent match or something along those lines, because we've seen some bangers already and it's like the end of March. This would be right up there. Beef, big beef versus Slade. First time ever match. And this was bloody. This was a fight. This spilled into the crowd. This had chairs. This had hard hits on the on the on the uh, on the floor. This was uh, this was everything again. Everything you could have imagined is more. 
Big Beef picking up the victory, and he was all bloodied up. And yeah, this was this this was awesome. <laughs> this is a, this is a great match. And you know, one of the things we've talked about, and you've talked about in these shows, is having something for everyone. And I love this trend of this this fun kind of just brawl match, and with guys that are willing to get after it. And boy, did they get after in this one. Big Beef coming out the victor. But uh, yeah, looking a little bit different in the mirror after the match. Yeah, I would say so. I think we knew and talked about that this was going to be very tough to contain. And that's exactly what it was. I had to step out for something during this match. And I, I was literally only gone maybe 30, 45 seconds. And I come back up to the stage and Beef was a bloody mess. And I'm like, what happened? But a gnarly choke slam off the apron through some chairs. Like you said, they were fighting all throughout the room. Uh, Slade is just insane. I, I can't get over it. And there's, there's a piece too on the, uh, on the live edit that Tony D caught backstage of Slade beating the crap out of a crew member, an innocent bystander in the situation after the match. And this dude's just off the rails, but a big win for beef here, uh, putting down Slade and, and kind of proving that the big match victory for him in January was not a fluke. Beef is on a roll right now in the best condition of his life, and he's able to beat these killers that we're throwing at him right now. So uh, it's all systems go with Beef moving forward. And Slade, like, I don't know, man. I don't think these these matches with any kind of restrictions are his kind of vibe. I think uh, I think maybe we got to try something different and cut him loose a little more. Mm. What I, I have to watch the replay of the match on IWTV, but did on that choke slam, did Beef did he catch his foot on the apron? There was something that it looked like, like like seemed off, and obviously he hit hard and came up bleeding. But am I am I just making that in my head, or did he catch something on the way down? I don't know if he caught something. I just think that Slade threw him so hard, like like straight up in the air. Yeah. That when he came down, it was uh, a little shorter than you'd expect it to be with the chair table right there, which I think was what Slade was aiming for. But that's ultimately what led to the demise of Beef, you know, getting the crimson mask was when he came down, that chair took a chunk right out of the side of his face, right near his eye. So he mm. was looking a little worse for the wear uh, after that one. That's why I missed a majority of the next match that we're going to talk about, the Limitless Championship match, because... I was trying to track beef down in the locker room to see if he was okay. It was, it was a gnarly little piece out of the side of his head, but he was able to weather the storm. Yep. If you haven't seen it, I mean, if you're listening to this, you have seen it, but do what I'm going to do uh, in a little bit and then watch it again. This is uh, yeah, cra- amazing stuff. And something I think we'll talk about definitely for sure in the uh, year end awards. So then we transition to the limitless wrestling world championship. As uh, Randy just mentioned, Alec price, Defending once again, the reigning defending champion, again, defending once again about against anybody in the promotion as a regular, outside of the promotion, to his credit. And Brian Keith uh, from Texas making his debut here. We talked about that a lot last week, starting to get a little bit of a, a buzz on the indies and working more dates and getting out. And again, his first uh, uh, sojourn to our fine state in the 207. Alec Price uh, picking up a victory. This was uh, a solid match. Again, Brian Keith had this you know, this presence coming out and, and, you know, we've talked about before when, when guys debut that maybe aren't the Jonah's speedballs and, and, and people that have been on that national stage before, you know, it takes a while sometimes for the crowd to, to, um, to kind of get them, you know, but when Brian Keith came out, people were, were into him from the start. He had just this, this presence about him and yeah, they brought that in the match. This was hard hitting. Alec had just been working against, 
Mike Bailey the, the night before and has been, as we've talked about, it's just been working like all over the place. It has to be a little bit physically beat up, gutted through it, picked up the victory and moves on to a title defense at the next show, which is also going to be hard hitting, no rest for the wicked, but Alec Price, still your limitless wrestling world champion. Yeah, an absolutely hellacious weekend for Alec. Uh, wrestling Nolo Catano Thursday, Mike Bailey Friday, Ryan Keith Saturday, and Casey Navarro on Sunday. And now uh, he heads to Dallas and then maybe a day or so after we record this podcast. So uh, the dude is just on another level right now. It's really picking up for Alec Price and schedule's getting busy, but he's not wavering. He's still winning these kind of matches. And uh, he's wanted, you know, he, and he said since he won the championship in November, I want to defend against all comers. I want to beat the best in every region. And that, that you know, we've kind of looked at that to build out some challengers for him in the meantime. And Brian Keith really rising to prominence in Texas. I mean, he's a champion in Texas, regarded as one of the best wrestlers there, and now made his main debut against Alec Price. And Alec, you know, able to put him down with a surprise kick, but Brian Keith, a very impressive debut against the best that we've got. And uh, I think we'll be seeing him back in a limitless ring very soon. And is this, this is the first limitless show he's gone by his, uh, one of his new nicknames, the Northeast Beast, right? This is relatively new? Yeah, the Northeast Beast is new. The prize collector is new as well. So uh, adding some nicknames there, but, uh, you know, well-earned nicknames, I would say. The Northeast Beast, I mean, defeating... Uh, defeating Jaden Newman a few weeks ago to become the Subgraps Bone Storm champion, uh, a company out of Tennessee that he had never wrestled for, <laughs> which is uh, very impressive. So Alec Price really getting it done right now, collecting some prizes, and uh, he's got a big Mania weekend coming up. So if you're tuned in to the Mania weekend indie shows, be sure to check out something with Alec Price on there. So was that the was that the other title that he came out with? Yes, yeah, okay. the, the white the white strap, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you were bringing back the uh, you know de- debuting the limitless wrestling intercontinental title back from the uh, the eighties <laughs> and nineties. I don't know the warrior style. I've had, dude. It's been in the back of my mind for uh, let's wrestle for a while to get a main state championship going again. Um, mm. There's been a couple different like iterations with promotions around Maine, but none that we're really stuck with. And uh, I've always thought like that kind of state championship is pretty neat. So. Huh. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe now that I've said it, I'll feel pressured to do it. Of course, put that right up, uh, right behind those tag team titles. Everyone's yeah, been talking about fair, forever. Let's uh, let's go on to uh, potentially contenders if there ever are limitless wrestling tag team titles. MSP taking on Art, and MSP was a surprise here. Art, obviously, we talked about before. Um, uh, Aaron Rourke throwing out the challenge, the internal challenge. Ricky Smokes, like, dude, you got to get it together. This is your last shot. Ava Everett's not here, obviously doing her thing. WXW champion Germany, traveling all over the place, doing some great stuff. And look, I mean, they they lost at the last show. They got to they got to start pulling it together here. And they we didn't know who they were going to face, and all of a sudden, the familiar you know drip 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 drop music comes on, and MSP comes out. And this was obviously a challenge. And these guys looked uh, Art looked a little bit. Uh, a little bit concerned, Ricky Smokes especially, but yeah, this was a, a competitive match as uh, as most matches with MSPR and Art weathered the storm and was able to pull out a victory, albeit their usual, you know, uh, uh, some chicanery and, and so on. But look, at the end of the day, a three count was made and Art picks up the victory, MSP picking up another loss. Yeah, this was uh, interesting in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that Ricky was a bit concerned when it was MSP because... 
Art has not been able to get the ball rolling with MSP, whether it's been Smokes and Ava opposing them in Herman or the three of them opposing MSP and Rick Bison. It just really hasn't gone Art's way when MSP is on the other side of the ring. But I don't know. This was this was a different match for Rourke and Smokes. It seemed like they were working together in a much different manner than we've seen usually and just more so on the same page, which that's what you want, especially in a tag team equation. Rourke, uh, of course, capitalizing when the referee was down for a moment, hitting Agro with a glitter bomb, blinding Agro, and then Smokes able to scoop him up, grab the tights for some extra leverage, and get the three count from referee Nate Speckman, who was drilled a few moments earlier. And uh, it didn't just end there, Josh. It was a, a bit of a sickening display after the matches. Art, you know, didn't feel like they got enough done. They beat the shit on MSP once again, writing, I think, loser on Danger Kid's head and, and uh, in lipstick and, of course, aggros as well. And I, I don't know. I know MSP pretty well, and I don't think that's going to sit very well with them. But Art, I think that's huge for them to get a win over MSP, a win in general for them moving forward as a team. But, I mean, when you beat MSP, it's like beating a made man. True. Thank you for uh, bringing that out. Yeah, afterward, you had the lipstick on the head, and it was a – you gotta keep waiting for you know for uh, uh, DK and, and Agro to kind of you know snap out of it afterwards, but they didn't, and of course they just looked frustrated afterwards and heading to the back. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what's next for them. You know, the, the loss against Bear Country in January, this defeat to Art here. What do you think's going on with the MSP, Randy? Well, I I mean I felt good when they they kicked off the year and they defeated Prestigious in Worcester, but really in Yarmouth they haven't been able to get out on the right foot and. Uh, like you said, that's two straight losses. We obviously didn't see them in February. They're having success outside of Limitless, but on their home turf recently in the state of Maine, they haven't been able to get it together. So uh, I'm not sure if maybe this will uh, ignite something in MSP. It might have been the wrong move for Art to press their buttons after getting away with one here, in my opinion. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, Art's obviously going to move up the ladder a little bit. And- Move on to the next match. We talk about these guys a lot. Two debuts, and you're right. This is this is both men's first ever match in Maine. Jonah taking on my, Speedball Mike Bailey. First time ever match between these two. They're both members of the Impact roster. Of course, Speedball working all over the place now. His uh, visa issues have, have picked up, and he's going to be a, have a big presence during WrestleMania week and indie shows and Impact and everything like that. Jonah will as well. And this was a, a match that once it got going, it, uh, I mean, people love this match. And, and I, I posted or tweeted, uh, you know, the video from the reaction at the end, standing ovation from everyone. And Jonah picking up the big victory here, Bailey just throwing, you know, kick after kick after kick. This was, you know, exactly as a clash of styles as advertised. Jonah obviously, you know, towering uh, over Mike Bailey and also outweighing probably twice his size. And this was, you know, Bailey using the speed when he could, but just taking a beating from Jonah. And the you know the last few minutes were uh, were spectacular, uh, really fun sequences, and people were into this. And I, at the end of the day, Jonah defeating uh, Mike Bailey to pick up the victory, and this was uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun as advertised, and a great way to go into uh, intermission. Dude, such a fun match. I'm uh, I don't know. I love watching Speedball in there because it's it, especially in a situation like this where he's really got to fight to stay alive, so to speak. Jonah was all over him, smothering him. Uh, had a counter for everything that Bailey threw at him. I mean, obviously tough to counter those stiff kicks from Speedball, but uh, such a fun clash of styles. Joan is insane in the ring and extremely athletic for a dude like him. You know what I mean? It's, uh, he could keep up with Speedball any step of the way. 
And uh, I was blown away that we saw Jonah fly here. A huge splash off the top rope to win it here. Um, really fun match. A lot of people saying it's one of their favorites in Limitless Wrestling history. So mm. uh, if you missed this one live, check out the replay. It's available on IWTV now. I think this definitely classifies as a must-watch match. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be hearing about this one in the match of your candidates at the end. Of course, shout out to uh, Mike Bailey companion, Veda Scott. She was in the house and did some uh, did some commentary and was uh, you know signing autographs and, and fans and things like that. She was kind of all over the place uh, all night throughout the venue. Yeah, so shout out to uh, Veda Scott for making her limitless debut, albeit not in ring, but still in the house regardless. Yeah, it was good to have Veda back as she did some commentary with Sam Laterna as well. I believe that's the first all-female commentary team that we've had in Limitless Wrestling history. So um, that's a cool little achievement as well. Mm. Be good, uh, good to see that put you on the spot. Good, be, good to see, potentially see Jonah and Mike Bailey back in the future. I'd love to see these guys back. Yeah, I would as well. And uh, I, I definitely think it's going to happen. I felt bad Jonah had some travel woes uh, heading home from Limitless. He had a flight that was delayed, I think, a couple hours. Ended up getting straight up canceled. So he spent most of his day at the airport on Sunday, but um, was really happy to have him, happy to have Speedball as well. He tore it up in his weekend in the Northeast, and after speaking with him at the end of the night, I definitely think he'll be back soon, so mm. keep an eye out for that. Yeah, it's a few uh, Limitless Wrestling regulars. I think all fans will love to see both these guys again. It's a lot of opportunities there, so yeah, we'll hopefully see them back at some point. Speaking of people that, I mean, on the flip side, I don't know if we ever want to see back. Uh, and, and another debut, Randy, unexpected, to say the least. And, you know, I know, you know, ROH, when they were really going, they introduced the pure rules, you know, and I think most people are probably familiar with these, uh, you know, a specific kind of style of wrestling, rope breaks, all this as well. Randy, I never thought I'd see university rules come to Limitless Wrestling. And, of course, these come a <laughs> courtesy of Brad Cashew, and his good friend from BU, Dean Fernicola, the debuting Dean Fernicola, not Dean Douglas. This person is uh, uh, more, more annoying, I would say, than Dean Douglas. And this was, uh, <laughs> this was surprising, to say the least. Uh, Brad Cashew defeating uh, Ichiban in this. Thanks to, you know, Dean Fernicola with his, his book of rules. And, you know, I, I often do not see Eric Greenleaf, uh, referee Eric Greenleaf, uh, frustrated. He was pissed at Dean Fernicola for constantly you know, grabbing the microphone, instructing him on these rules, and yeah, and then uh, you know the uh, the end came, the Dean uh, instructing Ichiban that due to in in university rules, I believe he can't hit two consecutive kicks if I remember that right, and this is after Ichiban landed a kick, of course. Then Brad Cashew hit his own kick and picked up the victory here, and yeah, Brad Cashew on top, and now with a new running mate and his good friend Dean Fernicola. Yeah, two thumbs down for Dean Fernicola, man. <laughs> uh, Greenleaf was frustrated, and rightfully so. I mean, uh, I'm not sure what these university rules entail. Our own Sam Laterna tried to do some digging after this contest on the uh, IWTV full show that you can check out, but really didn't get anywhere with this. I mean, uh, I, I think we need some explanation on what university rules entail, but Regardless of the university rules, I thought an awesome debut for Ichiban. Um, a standout from Let's Wrestle from the first couple shows back. Uh, this was his limitless debut, of course. And uh, even though not walking out victorious, that's someone who I really want to keep in the mix with Limitless and see what he can do because uh, I think a lot of people were impressed with this dude. Mm. Hopefully next time not under university rules. And of course, Brad yeah. Cat- Brad I want to Cat- let this dude cook. You know what I mean? I, I don't. We don't need university rules holding him back. I hear you. 
And I believe this is Brad Cashew's first time, at least in the Limitless, with the new BU-specific gear, right? The actual kind of the, uh, how we call it, singlet, right? Kind of like old, uh, like amateur wrestling style, right? Yes, it was, uh, I mean... Disgusting. Uh, in, yeah, interesting new look for Cashew and uh, wants to bring limits back to Limitless Wrestling, wants limited wrestling. So, uh, you know, good for Brad. I'm, I'm interested to see how this works out for him. Mm. Interesting stuff here. And uh, further down the card, of course, uh, Masha Slamovich making her return to Limitless Wrestling. Big fan favorite doing her thing in Impact and other promotions as well. Taking on the uh, the revitalized, revamped Delmi XO. Look great. Great shape as always. And a little bit meaner attitude. Uh, not you know kowtowing to the fans or anything like that. She came in here to fight new music, all this stuff as well. Uh, however, not picking up the victory on this night, uh, Masha Slamovich uh, defeating Delmi XO in her uh, limitless wrestling uh, return for for both women here. But yeah, I liked uh, I like what I saw out of both women, and yeah, Delmi, this is I, I kind of like this new attitude, and yeah, we'll see her next time out. She can pick up a victory, but at the end of the night, Masha Slamovich another victory in limitless wrestling. Yeah, something totally different here from Delmi XO, which is very interesting. Like you said, the new. New theme song, new demeanor, new attitude. Uh, it just felt fresh for Delmi. And she didn't want to wait around. Was off to the races as soon as Masha Slamovich really broke curtain. And uh, this one was wild. Another another matchup that kind of spilled all throughout the venue. Masha suplexed Delmi XO right into the front row, uh, front row seats. And uh, yeah, Delmi not coming out with a win here. But uh, I definitely think... You know, just earning some respect with uh, some people in the locker room who watch this, some fans who, uh, you know, maybe we didn't see this side of Delmi XO when she was teaming with her sister Ashley with the Sea Stars, but uh, it definitely came out to shine here. And it, it was very intriguing after the match as well that Masha, who is not typically someone who wants to extend a hand and, you know, show that post match respect after beating your ass, you don't always get that from Masha. And she was offering it up here to Delmi XO who decided not to take it. Not only not to take it, but flipping the double birds on the way out. And uh, that didn't pan out well for her later. Sam Laterna attempted to grab a word post-match with Delmi. Masha attacking her in the locker room. And uh, I definitely think that we're going to have to do something with these two once again. Former training partners in Japan. And uh, it obviously did not sit well with Delmi XO. And I, I assume it's got to be very frustrating because... You put your all into a match like this. This was a huge opportunity for Delmi to punch her ticket back to Limitless Wrestling, and she didn't get it done. So I can understand the frustration, but it's going to come back to bite you when you're fucking with Masha. I think this night was definitely one where the fans had to be uh, aware at all times. You mentioned the uh, the suplexes in the chair. We'll talk about uh, more about the number one contenders match in a minute because that featured this, but the, the big beef and Slade match. Fans had to be on their feet ready to clear out at a moment's notice all night. Yeah, there was a lot going on. I mean, a lot of matches that were just uh, could go haywire very quickly, and they certainly did. And speaking of going haywire, excellent main event, number one contenders match, Anthony Green, former two-time champion, J.D. Drake, former multi-time challenger, not able to get over the hump and earn his first Limitless title against uh, Rip Bison, getting, I believe, his first opportunity at a Limitless World Championship title match. And this one dis did not disappoint. Three-way dance between these guys. They had all qualified in, in different ways or, or how we got here. We talked about that before. But at the end of the night, the guy I was talking up a lot last week, I was really excited to see he, he performed, performed at, a, I thought, an A level. This was uh, excellent. Rip Bison defeating Anthony Green and J.D. Drake, getting the pin on his rival, recent rival, J.D. Drake, after 
I love getting Lariat right in the center of the ring. No controversy, no nothing, essentially avenging his uh, his quote-unquote defeat at the last show that we talked about where uh, you know it's a question about you know J.D. Drake getting his uh, feet out of the ropes when it happened and so on and so forth. Anthony Green was uh, on the outside of the ring at the time. But yeah, Rip Bison is your number one contender for the Limitless Wrestling World title. He will face Alec Price next month in April. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, this was this was a, I don't know, this was great as expected. I think pretty much every main event I can remember in Limitless, uh, and I'm not just saying this delivers, and this definitely delivered to uh, to Limitless Pros and, and, and Anthony Green and Jay Drake, guys have worked all over the place. And again, Rip Bison, this was his first real opportunity, you know, in this type of stage like this. And he delivered, man. He, I'm not just saying that he delivered. And uh, yeah, he's a worthy number one contender. I am very excited for his shot against Alec Price next month in Yarmouth. Yeah, and this was a lot of pressure for Ripper, kind of new to the true main event scene. I don't know off the top of my head, but I believe that he has never headlined a Limitless Wrestling show. So this was major. Um, and, you know, he he did not waver at the opportunity that was ahead of him. You know, he, he didn't stumble. This was his night, you know, and he was able, like you said, it's got to be much sweeter, too, to not only win this matchup, be the number one contender for the championship, but to pin J.D. Drake while doing it. A guy that's been a thorn in his side, who's been bad-mouthing Rip Bison for months. Uh, just a lot accomplished, I think, for Rip Bison on this night to get over the hump, so to speak, and to kind of step into that next level in limitless competition, to be up there with guys who he wrestled in this contest, perception-wise. Anthony Green, J.D. Drake, someone like the champion, Alec Price, who he's going to challenge on April 30th. Uh, a big night for Rip. Another match, I would say, go out of your way to check this one out because so much fun. This was, again, another match spilled all throughout the arena. J.D. Drake cannonballing into Rip Bison, destroying a chair. Um, Anthony Green, I mean, so many moments when Anthony Green was so close to getting that rematch with Alec Price, but it just was not meant to be on this night. So, yeah, so we've talked about J.D. Drake, but, I mean, let's talk about Anthony Green for a minute. He was on the outside of the ring at the time of the pin. Obviously, wasn't uh, part of that. But, you know, afterwards he said he had to go back to the drawing board. And he said this a lot before. I mean, I'm, I'm, I say this a lot about, you know, talents on the show, but I'm fascinated to see where they head next because, you know, he's been trying to get back to the spot and had it. And now he's back down the ladder and has to fight his way back up again. So he's been doing this a lot. Yes. And I, I mean, he really got into this contest by circumstance. He was in the right place at the right time. And I'm not saying that, uh, his talent doesn't bring him to a match like this, but it's been a rocky road for Anthony Green since losing that championship to Alec. We've covered it extensively, but losing to Becca in Worcester, um, that was a shocker. And I would say another shocker last month, losing to Rat Daddy. Yeah. And uh, it's just been a little bit different for Anthony Green with this new wave of talent coming into Limitless Wrestling. He's really got to revamp things, I think, to kind of figure out where he's going to go next and uh, rebuild if he wants to get himself back in that title picture. Mm. But the focus at the end of the night, Rip Bison, your number one contender. And again, he moves on to face Alec Price at Yarmouth, Maine, Saturday, April 30th. Do we have a, a name for the show yet that you can bring? Yeah, hard not to act reckless. Uh, Saturday, April 30th at Yarmouth, Maine. Saturday, I believe Rich uh, may have said Sunday at one point at the end of the night, but it's it's Saturday, yes? Yeah, it's Saturday. I'm not sure where the Sunday came from, but Saturday, April 30th, right back at the Yarmouth Ambets in Yarmouth, Maine. And we have, uh, obviously, again, the main event, the Limitless Wrestling World Champion, Alec Price defending against Rip Bison. I believe this this will be the first time these guys have hooked it up? 
So it's the first time that these two have locked horns inside a Limitless ring on a live Limitless show. But mm. uh, actually, I believe it was October 2021. They went toe-to-toe in a Limitless showcase match for IWTV Untitled. But uh, you can catch that in the IWTV archives. But yeah, it's the first time in a Limitless ring, live Limitless show that we've seen Price versus Bison. Yeah. And of course, a lot different. <laughs> It'd be a lot different today than it was back then. These both these guys surging at the right time and going to collide. I think this is it's going to be good. I can't wait. We're going to talk about more about this in the weeks ahead. But two big returns, one announced at the show and another one announced just recently in the past couple of days. Gangrel, one of your favorites, making his return to a limitless wrestling ring on Saturday, April 30th and making his return. The as of right now, the current reigning MLW world champion. Hammerstone, Alexander Hammerstone is going to be back in Limitless Wrestling. So, yeah, two uh, two big returns coming back. Yeah, two guys who we worked with pre-pandemic who uh, I've wanted for a long time to get back up here and just the dates have not worked out. But um, April 30th, Hammerstone returns, Gangrel is back. I think it's going to be a really fun night of Limitless action. So uh, tickets are on sale this Friday night, 7 p.m., LimitlessWrestling.com. Make sure you get there quick, front row. Sold out in a couple minutes last time. I expected to do the same again, but um, don't miss it. I mean, uh, awesome atmosphere this past show. I'm really loving what we're doing right now in the direction that we're in. So uh, awesome time to get get yourself to a show and have a good time. Hammerstone making his debut uh, in February 2020, uh, teaming with JT Dunn against CJ Cruz. And Josh Briggs, God, what a throwback match that is. And then Gangrel uh, debuting at Fresh Blood in October 2019, defeating what, a different time altogether. Gangrel defeating Alexander Lee, accompanied by Joey Eastman, D.L. Hurst, and Danhausen. So, yeah, a lot, lots changed between uh, October 2019 and now, huh? Yes, it has. I would say so. I'd say so. And yeah, so that's uh, tickets available now. Anything else you want to, I, I feel like I should ask you this. Anything else you want to break about the show while we're on the podcast? Since it seems Nothing that news yet. always comes out after. Nothing yet. Um, that That's all the announcements we have right now. But uh, there'll be a lot more coming this week. Make sure you plug into Limitless Socials at LW Maine on Twitter, uh, at Limitless Wrestling on Instagram, TikTok as well, and Facebook.com slash Limitless Wrestling. And let's flip over to Let's Wrestle, obviously the sister promotion for Limitless Wrestling. Uh, coming back to the Morgan Hill Event Center, as talked about last week in Herman, Maine, on Friday, April 15th. For Let's Wrestle Volume 17, More Than a Feeling, already announced for the show, I mean, Rip Bison. Talk about April being uh, the month of Rip Bison getting a shot not only at the Limitless Wrestling World Champion, but he's getting a shot at the Let's Wrestle Champion, Mac Daniels. Boy, Mac Daniels may be ready that night, taking on Rip Bison, defending the title. The Stigma's Eric Johnson returning after a long absence. He's going to relinquish the Let's Wrestle Tag Team titles. We talked about this last time. The tournament is going to be coming up pretty soon. Actually, it's going to be kicking off on the show. We talked about MSP being on in the tournament, Miracle Generation, thanks to MSP being in the tournament. And also the Brick City Boys are going to be in the tournament as well. And uh, the return, or, to, uh, or the debut rather, in Let's Wrestle for LMK, Little Mean Kathleen. You've seen her on the road before for Limitless Wrestling but making her official Let's Wrestle debut. Tickets on sale now at LimitlessWrestling.com slash Let's Wrestle. What's, uh, what's, uh, tell us more about this show. I tell you what, Josh, do you want to break something now for the tag team tournament? Uh, of course. Let's do it. Uh, let's name the fourth team because there will be two opening round matches in the Let's Wrestle Tag Team Championship Tournament on April 15th. The fourth team joining the fray 
as negotiated by John Alba, will be oh, prestigious. Man. Channing Thomas and BRG, of course, Matt Daniels, like you said. He's in championship action later in the night against Rip Bison. So uh, this could be a big night to get prestigious back on track in Let's Wrestle, building some momentum for Limitless Wrestling at the end of the month. We'll see what they can do. Unbelievable. John Alba always working these angles. So yeah, interesting. Uh, so four teams already. And you said with eight team tournament, correct? Yes. So there will be uh, two opening round matches on April 15th. And then we're going to see the other two happen in May at Let's Wrestle Volume 18, which we'll have some info on soon. I I heard through a little birdie that uh, Greg Valentine and Bruce Beefcake might be one of the teams. Is that is that true? I can't say Greg Valentine returned my calls. Mm. You know, he might, uh, he might respond to an invite for WrestleProm. That's what I'm just going to throw out there right now. My, uh, my podcast plug for that show to come back. You're not the only person this week <laughs> that mentioned that to me. So This week? Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah, Simpatico. Another, uh, another genius out there. I love it. Uh, before we go, uh, any thoughts on uh, Mania Week? This is obviously a pretty big week for the industry and a lot of indie shows going on in Dallas. You mentioned, you know, kind of allude to that, but I mean, there's like Friday night is absolutely insane, especially if you work in um, a part-time gig in wrestling media, like I do, we have uh, ROH going head to head with impact going head to head with the new Japan show. There is impact there is, or sorry, there's um, uh, AEW rampage on there's SmackDown on there's a hall of fame on there's like, and that, there's, that's just a few like the other shows just happening on that Friday. There's stuff Thursday, Saturday, and obviously, you know, the big one, obviously, Sunday night, uh, Saturday night and Sunday night. Thoughts on, uh, on on Mania Week in general? What are you checking out? How are you checking out and all that good stuff? Uh, I am not as plugged in this year as I typically am. I just I think that also running the show a week beforehand, things are a little busier ahead of that time frame. So I've really only been plugged into what kind of the, the guys are doing around the Limitless Scope, like MSP. Uh, they're going to be on Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Um, Alec Price, what he's got going on. Um, Anthony Green as well. He's doing some stuff with Black Label Pro. I believe he's wrestling Alex Zane for the first time in a number of years. But um, no, I mean, I, I've been seeing the graphics uh, dropping every now and again. Uh, I always try to check out the uh, Joey Janela Spring Break show. I enjoy those every year. I think they're a lot of fun. It's just such a smorgasbord of uh, so, so much wild shit. But um no i'm not as plugged in as i usually am i do want to check out the ring of honor show this year that looks like a lot of fun and a lot of matches that i'd be interested in i always check out wrestlemania of course i won't be able to check out the saturday one while it happens this year for some reason i took an equipment rental on wrestlemania night i forget it's two days now but uh i'm excited to check it out on sunday i'll probably spend my entire day sunday watching saturday's mania ahead of sundays and just make a day of it but uh, I'm actually interested in a little insider question for you, Josh. Oh. Um, when shit stacks up like that, like you mentioned, all those shows kind of running against each other right there. How does that break down for an editor uh, on a site like that? Like, uh, what what do you have to feel? Is there is there any choice in the matter, or do you get kind of plugged with uh, all of them at once? So, good question. So, uh, the website, obviously, WrestlingObserver.com. People probably have uh, heard of that before. Been there uh, ten plus years. Mania week is pretty crazy. So we, uh, so typically we kind of look at, there's obviously a ton of indie shows going on. We don't do like wall to wall indie coverage, like some other websites do just because of staffing reasons. And just because of also interest level reasons, you know, we kind of stick with the, the higher level uh, federations or groups. And then we do, uh, like some GCW, we do, um, obviously we do new Japan, but like 
Bloodsport we've covered for a while just because we we do some UFC stuff. So I think we're into that. So Thursday we'll do um, – actually, what are we going to do? So like Thursday we're doing Bloodsport. There's a MLW TV taping, so we'll get like results from that. So with, But Friday with all those shows getting head-to-head, really my concern is always do we have uh, live coverage for the shows that are running? And then we do that, and then we have a, a, a staff of writers that cover different beats, and, and we kind of say, you know, do you want to try to cover this? Do you want to cover this? And kind of work from there. And then we pretty much just any type of news, like relevant news coming out of it, so like a big debut uh, on a show, if there's a title change that happens on one of significant shows, like an impact or something like that. So pretty much as long as people are doing the live coverage, you know, the the editors are kind of like, waiting for different news to happen like rampage is always you know new matches for next week or things like that but this is this is the first time i can remember this many shows going head to head in some sort of crossover fashion you know i think ring of honor is going to be the most newsworthy because i expect some sort of debut to happen on that just because the way that tony Khan works and you can tell that he's like he's not thrilled about having to run this show because it's it goes off his his plan, you know, he's talked about in interviews that he, uh, you know, this, this, he wanted to do this for the fans because the date was locked. People had bought tickets, all that, but you can kind of tell he didn't really want to do the show. Like he doesn't even want to be around for WrestleMania weekend. Cause he doesn't want to be in, uh, perceived in WWE shadow at all. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be the most newsworthy. I think that, you know, that Briscoe's FTR match, a lot of people have been wanting to see, uh, so there's, there's good matches all the way around. I, you know, it's, there's like so much stuff that I, you know, a lot of the good shit is going to get lost uh, or it's going to be picked up on like the week after. So it really relies on fans to kind of talk about, Oh, this was a great match. This was a great match, but uh, you know, everything's filmed and taped. So it's, you know, people are going to be able to watch it whenever they want. But I think the big thing is coming out of this is those indie shows. Like for example, like uh, a big gay brunch, if there's a real great match on that, um, or if there's something on, you know, uh, wrestling show X, whatever it is, it's up to the fans to really talk these matches up and be like, this is worth going out of your way to see. Cause I mean, there's probably going to be a couple hundred matches going on between Thursday to Sunday. There's, there's a lot to take in and that combined with, you know, just the regular stuff, like in like the SmackDown hall of fame, rampage, all this stuff. And then you have Monday going right into raw, you know, mania itself, two nights. It's uh, an NXT, you know, is, is on an afternoon to show how much that brand has changed. So, yeah, it's it's busy. So it just the news kind of really drives what we'll do articles on. But mostly it's just making sure that we have all our bases covered with the shows that people have the most interest in throughout the weekend. Yeah, that makes sense. When, when is the NXT show now? Uh, it's Saturday at one o'clock Eastern. Wow. Yeah. So it's crazy, man. They're doing a. Uh, I can't, I wonder what venue it's running at, but you know, it's a decent venue. I think it's actually where they're running SmackDown, but yeah, it's, I mean, the fact that they're running, I mean, that used to be the crown jewel of the whole weekend, you know? And I mean, we could talk for another episode about the whole, the, the issues with NXT and the changes and how much it's changed from the days of, you know, Nakamura debuting uh, and people crying in the stands to kind of what we're seeing now uh, with this iteration. Again, you know, they're, they're making it in a, they don't want, wrestlemania to be second fiddle to the in-ring action at nxt so nxt is going at one o'clock in the afternoon and uh yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy man pretty crazy what what's happened to that brand and but that's how they want it yeah it's totally developmental now they've they've kind of stripped it to its core and uh it's a whole different presentation now yeah crazy shit 
crazy shit so uh yeah be interested to say yeah and of course uh you guys can watch I, I, one thing oh, i wanted to ask you about is uh I, I think you asked this on a a um a ass limitless before about running during a, a mania weekend that just seems like a lot of work for i don't know about a lot of exposure you know what i mean like you'd have to it's not like you have to ship a ring down there or anything like that but it's uh that's it seemed to be a lot of work no literally no interest like um not for the sake of like not wanting to get to a new region or a new place because that's always exciting but there's where there's so much going on um i I feel like it's just like you put yourself in a position where uh you would really have to work hard not only to get a good time slot but to make people interested in attending uh your event over the other 80 in the area you know that 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 weekend and of course, there are super shows. There's mania, like you said. All the big companies are there, and uh, I don't know. It just seems like a, a frenzy for I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel I feel like in past years, like a lot of stuff that happens throughout that weekend just gets lost in the shuffle. You know? And, yeah, it does. Uh, yep. I don't know. It's just uh, it seems like, of course, if mania ever came to the Northeast, that would be a much easier logistically uh, to try, but. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't really feel like anything that's uh, of interest to us right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when they came to New York a couple of years ago, possibly, but then you're competing against all those New York, New Jersey, Philly promotions, and yeah, it just seems like a lot of work for not a lot of return. Like it's almost like if people kind of want to check it off the list of, oh, we ran during Mania weekend, but you're right with like 80, 70, 80 shows going on, you you just become one in one in a million, so to speak, and it's really tough really tough to stand out. So yeah, it seems like, you know, focusing at rest of all and obviously the monthly shows and things like that seems to be, seems to be the right path. Yeah, I would say so too. So a uh, couple of plugs to get out of the way. IWTV, of course, you've mentioned them. Use the code limitless. If you haven't already Pluto TV, uh, the road, you can watch on there. And if you want to let Pluto TV know that you want some more limitless on there, please let them know. You can follow limitless main or limitless on social media, LW main on Twitter, limitless wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, Let's Wrestle 207 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, you can follow Randy on uh, on social, Randy underscore Carver LW on Twitter, myself, Josh Nason, N-A-S-O-N. Quick plug, uh, I didn't, speaking of indies, I did an interview or a podcast with uh, Defy Wrestling uh, last week with uh, their co-owner and was kind of just interested in what their vibe is, what they're doing out there because they seem to get a lot of buzz. They do their own streaming service and they really have uh, really done something kind of cool up in the Pacific Northwest. And as I'm doing the interview, I remember the parallels to when you and I were talking when we first talked on my show years ago about there wasn't a real big, like kind of like indie feeder scene. And it was, there was people, there was promotions bringing in stars from the outside and not really kind of like trying to build grassroots and uh, a pro wrestling organization there. And they're going through this whole thing. I'm like, my God, this is the same conversation I was Randy like years ago with the parallels and all that. But there, uh, I, I plugged that so you can find it on the Observer website on my Twitter as well. It's free to listen to, and it's uh, it was a fascinating talk. And I think for for people that are trying to understand the indies and trying to make it through the pandemic, a lot of things that we've talked about, it was cool hearing it from somebody else and and their story. So uh, yeah, it, it was pretty fascinating stuff there. So definitely check that out. And obviously, LimitlessWrestling.com for early tickets and merchandise needs. Two big shows coming up in April. It's going to be a tremendous April for uh, for Limitless Wrestling. Obviously, Let's Wrestle Volume 17, Friday, April 15th, and then Saturday, April 30th, Limitless Wrestling returning. 
to Yarmouth, Alec Price versus Rip Bison, Gangrel, and Hammerstone. Cannot wait for that. And we'll call it good for Randy Carver. I'm Josh Nason. And until next time, be limitless. <laughs>